You're listening to a sermon by Hope Bible Church Niagara. We believe in unapologetic preaching, unashamed adoration of Jesus, unceasing prayer, unafraid witness, and uncommon community. If you have yet to do so, we would love to have you join us for worship in God's Word on Sunday mornings. For more information, visit us online at hopeniagara.ca. Thanks for listening. Uh, Good morning, Hope Niagara. For those of you who I have not met yet, I have not had the privilege yet. My name is Nathaniel Delian. I am the Youth and the Young Adults Director here at Hope Church. And I have the honor of bringing God's word to you this morning. So it's been about four months since uh, my little baby girl has been born. Actually, four months today. And uh, on behalf of Sydney and Noah, I just want to thank you so much. And thank you so much for your generosity towards our family, your prayers, your support, uh, your gifts for Noah. Um, Truly, uh, our family, we feel so blessed. Um, So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you, church. Speaking, Speaking of Noah, I actually recently used my baby girl to cover for my fear of the Loch Ness Monster. Now, before you write me off as the worst dad in history, uh, let me explain. All right. So about a month ago, we had the privilege to go to a friend's trailer. It was gorgeous. It was at Prince Edward County. Um, it was in a Christian camp. And the neighbors around, they were so gracious, so lovely. And we were so excited, Sydney and I. And I know we were so excited to be able to experience. And parents, you can, you can, you can feel for me. We were able to experience so many firsts as uh, new parents. Uh, we were able to experience the first road trip with the three of us, uh, first time at a trailer, uh, first time at a beach, uh, first time at a lake. And as excited I was to get into the lake with our little baby girl, I was terrified. Not because of uh, the safety of our baby girl, but because I'm afraid of the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, And if you guys heard of the Ogopogo or the Loch Ness Monster or the Water Horse, um, and if you haven't, it's this, this huge dinosaur-like creature with a long neck and sharp teeth. You can put the picture up on the screen. Oh, there you go. It's a Loch Ness Monster. This is terrifying. And if you know, um, if you know of the Loch Ness Monster, uh, you know it's fake, right? You know it's fa- I know it's fake, too, but that changes nothing. It changes nothing. Like, I remember walking down on the beach, like, taking step by step. I had no one in my hand. Um, it was all good. But as soon as my toe touched the water, it's just like my fake spidey senses are telling me, turn around, the Loch Ness Monster is near. And I remember I was, uh, I was so embarrassed that I didn't go uh, deeper into the water, um, but I didn't care, I was, too, I was too afraid. So what I did, I just used Noah as an excuse to stay closer to the shore. I wasn't going in that water, are you kidding me? Sorry, Sydney. But as you see, as you see, as humans, there's just this wide range of things that we all fear, right? You be big, you be small. Uh, maybe it's rational, maybe it's irrational. But for you this morning, perhaps the fears that you have, they're legitimate. You have very real reasons to be anxious. And for you, the stakes are high, the pressure is overwhelming. And for you, taking that step of faith could end in tragic failure. And for you, maybe this fear that you're feeling in your heart, it it eats away at you. 
keeps you up at night. So the question is, what do we do when we experience this fear? How should we respond when we feel that dark feeling in our heart of being afraid? Because so often fear, it, it cripples us. It cripples us from thinking clearly, but also experience God's grace and what he has in store for our lives. And thankfully, thankfully for all of us, we have a full life of joy, happiness, love, and God's goodness in store. Well, we have so much to look forward to. This is good news. But for some of us today, for some of us today, there's this glaring issue, this issue that we have, this one thing that's getting in the way of us getting to the promised land. It's crippling us and it prevents us from experiencing our lives the way God had intended. So what is it? And it's fear. It's fear. For, for some of us right now, it's right there. We feel it in our hearts. You got any fears today? Maybe some here, you wouldn't admit it. Please don't put up your hands, but maybe you're afraid of the dark. You're afraid of the dark? Maybe it's the fear of death, the fear of change, perhaps the fear of failure. Do you got any fears? The question is, what do we do when we face fear? How do we respond when we feel fear in our hearts? And you know, Joshua, he was actually wondering the same thing. Joshua, he was wondering the same thing when he was made the new leader of the Israelites. So this morning, we are going to be going to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. And for those of you who don't know where Joshua is, it's all good. This is, this is your sign to use the table of contents in your Bible. It's all good. Sometimes I use it as well. So Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. It's the sixth book in the Bible, uh, right after Deuteronomy and the book right before Judges. So we're going to be in chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. And we're going to focus on verse 9 today. So in our passage, just a little background for those of us who need it. In our passage, Joshua, he was just made the leader of the Israelites. He was replacing Moses after Moses died. He was going to lead the Israelites into the promised land the land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a land that the Israelites were looking forward to after they left Egypt and after they were wandering in the desert for so many years. But the thing was, there were armies to overcome. There were big shoes to fill after Moses died. And there was a whole nation of eyes beating down on Joshua, judging every move that he would make. As we read on, and finish the book. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You know that Joshua, he was able to do it. He was actually able to do it. He defeated their enemies. He led the Israelites into the promised land. He even helped them divide the land afterwards. So the question is, how did Joshua do it? How did Joshua actually go out and face his fears, endure in this great task? How did Joshua face his fears? So if you're asking that this morning for Joshua, but also for yourself, we have to get this text. So in your Bibles, you can read with me, Joshua chapter one, 
verses one to nine. And it says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be very strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that, my, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And here's verse nine. God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So you see in this passage right after Deuteronomy, Moses, he just died. And Joshua, Joshua was Moses' replacement. Have you ever had to replace someone with big shoes? Because Joshua did. Joshua did. And he had legitimate reasons to worry. You know, I'm not sure exactly what Joshua was thinking, but I'm certain for Joshua, the pressure was on. The pressure was on. And think about it. The stakes were high. He was called to lead the Israelites after Moses. He was responsible for the well-being and the lives of a full nation. And a nation who were historically difficult to lead. You know, there was a time where Moses, frustrated out of his mind with these people he was called to lead, he was like, God, this is the people I'm going to lead? If these are the people, God, kill me now. Kill me now. It is similar to what some of the VBS workers thought this whole week when the kids were not obeying you guys. You don't have to say it. I saw your faces. It's all good, though. It's all good. To God be glory. It's all good. For Joshua, a wrong decision could have been failure for him, but also a full nation. There was so much to lose. So much to lose. That's why in this passage, God, he's just telling Joshua, He's like, okay, I get it. Moses died. I'm sure you're fearful. But Joshua, you are his replacement. I know you have fears, but here is what you're going to do. Go over this Jordan with my people, and you're going to take the promised land. You're going to take it. But Joshua, no, there's going to be bloodshed. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be hardship but no one will find victory over you. No one will find victory over you. 
you are going to be the one who is victorious. You will conquer all, but you need to be strong. Joshua, you need to be victorious. What do we do when we face fear? In this text, we see there are two things we must remember. Two things we must remember about God when we face fear. These two things we must get if we want to face fear the way God intended. And the first thing is this. You can write this down. When facing fear, God commands us to be strong and courageous. When facing fear, God commands us to be strong and courageous. So look at the beginning of verse 9. It says this. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And so we see the Lord, he repeats this command three times as he's commissioning Joshua. Three times. We see once in verse 6 where it says, uh, you can look there right now, it says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And then again, we see in verse 7, Only be very strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. And then finally, we see in verse 9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. So for us today, we know if God is telling us to do something, not once, not twice, but three times, God is serious. It's like my mom, right? I remember, don't, don't get me wrong, my mom is a wonderful lady. I love my mom. She's very kind, very sweet. But I remember, goodness, if she had to ask me to do something three times, I was in trouble. And she's very serious, right? So for Joshua, we see here that this is not just a suggestion from God. This is not just a recommendation. No, but this is a stern command from God as he's commissioning Joshua to lead his people. God clearly stated that Joshua had no room, uh, no room to be frightened or dismayed, but only strong and courageous. In the Hebrew, strong and courageous, it's, it's just the idea of growing firm or to be strong, to be strengthened, to be stout, bold, and alert. And you see, it was crucial for Joshua to be these things, to lead these people who were difficult to lead into a land that was not going to be an easy time. But also, look what it says afterwards in verse 9. In verse 9, it says, God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And here it is. It says, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. So in the Hebrew, again, it frightened means to cause to tremble and to be dismayed. So it means to be shattered. So think of, think of falling apart or, or breaking under pressure. So God, he was telling Joshua, he's telling Joshua, hey, I know you have fears, but don't fall back. You can't break under pressure. You can't give up. And it was crucial for Joshua to really step up after Moses died. Because you see, there was a lot at stake. God didn't give Joshua the opportunity to give up. He did not give Joshua the opportunity to be frightened or to be dismayed. There would be no excuses. It was all or nothing. It was like me. Uh, when I asked my now father-in-law for his blessing for Sydney and I when I wanted to ask for her hand in marriage. I actually remember uh, we were actually at the Conversations Cafe in Beansville. Um, it was a hot, hot day. 
And we were outside talking about for maybe an hour and a half. And he actually already knew why I was talking with him, right? He, he already knew why. It was actually communicated to me um, that in order for me to ask for his blessing, I couldn't just do it like offhand, like after church, like, oh, hey, Gord, can I marry your daughter? Or like at the farm, like, oh, hey, Gord, like, can I have your blessing? No, he, it was communicated to me because they knew that I was going to ask for a Sydney's hand of marriage. It was communicated to me that in order for me to do that, I had to make an official appointment with Gordon Oretsky. And I remember that was terrifying. So there was a point in the conversation where like I knew and he knew that I just had to ask him. And I, had to, I just had to do it. I just had to do it. And like, there was no room for me to like back out. There's no room for me to like be afraid or be frightened or dismayed. Like I had to be strong. I had to be courageous. There's too much to lose, right? And it was terrifying because him, like he could have just, he knew I was there. I was going to ask him. He, he could have just been taking advantage of a free breakfast only to withhold his blessing at the very end. So it was terrifying. So I did it. I did it. I asked. But I asked in typical Nathaniel fashion. Uh, out of nowhere, bursted out crying and said, I love your daughter so much. I want to marry her. But can I have your blessing? Because I know Sydney loves and respects you way too much to marry me without your okay. And he said, yes. We got married, and the rest is history. But there's no way I could have done that without help from the Lord. Like Gordon, he's a scary man. I don't know if you've seen him before. Goodness. <laughs> when facing fear, God commands us to be strong and courageous. You got any fears today? You got any fears today? Because God is calling us to actually face our fears. Like Joshua, he's calling us to do what we have to do with strength, and with courage. He's not giving us room to be frightened or dismayed or even to pull out and give up. Maybe right now, friends, maybe right now you're, you're looking at your family's needs. You want to move. Maybe you're afraid that God won't provide for your needs. Maybe all you see on social media is just another couple getting married, another couple getting engaged, and you fear that your time will never come. Maybe just messing up this parent thing. It's just difficult. Everyone's fighting. And you just fear that it's never going to get better. Maybe you feel like you've had your goal. You've done your duty. But it's all in the past and no one needs you anymore. Maybe for you right now, you've invested so much in school, the time, effort, money, blood, sweat, tears. But you fear that there's not a job at the end that's going to pay for all your student debt. Friends, God is calling us to face our fears. Are we willing to face them? You see, there are two things we must remember about God if we want to face our fear the way he intended for us. The first thing is this. God commands us. God commands us to have strength and courage. The Lord commanded us to face our fears with strength and courage. Maybe some of you this morning, as you're hearing this, as this is landing on you, you're just questioning. Like, it's not feeling right. Like, yeah, sure, God commands us to be strong and courageous. And yes, we want to do that because we love to be obedient to God because there is a joy that we get to experience in obedience. 
But the question is, like, how? How are we supposed to be strong and courageous? How are we supposed to do that? How does this help us when we are face to face with our fears? You see, without knowing this next point, it is impossible. It is impossible for us to, 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 be, to be courageous and to have strength. This is why we have to get this next point. Here it is. When facing fear, God comes with us wherever we go. When facing fear, God comes with us wherever we go. When we face our fears, we know that the Lord, he, he hasn't abandoned us. For us to face our fears alone, no, he comes with us wherever we go. My parents, they, they have two dogs right now. Two dogs, uh, beautiful dogs. Uh, we have Henry and we also have Pixie. So Pixie, she's just like this cute, tiny little toy poodle. She's so gentle, so kind. She prances everywhere. And she's actually a lap dog. So if you're sitting down, and you, you call her, hey, Pixie, she, she'll actually come on your lap, and then she'll cuddle with you. It's so cute. And then we have this other dog, Henry, who's a little crazy. He's, uh, he's a mix between a miniature poodle, but also a standard poodle. So he's not too big. He's not too small. Um, so super cute dog, but he's kind of wild and uh, yeah, he's kind of clumsy. Uh, but for Henry, uh, for Henry, ever since our past dog um, died, Evan, it's very sad, um, it's almost as if Henry has developed this uh, anxiety um, whenever he's alone. Um, yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad. Like when he's alone, even if he's with the other dog, maybe your dog is the same way. Like he'll just whine and whine and whine and cry. And as soon as someone gets home, as soon as my parents or my brothers or maybe Sydney and I, as soon as we get there, it's all good. Like he stops whining. He'll come up to us and he'll cuddle us. Why? Well, because our presence, it gives him peace. You know, similarly, as believers, we are at peace knowing that God is with us wherever we go. When we have fears and when we're going to face them, God is with us wherever we go, no matter the task. Joshua 1.9, it says, to be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, this is why despite Joshua's fear, doubts, and maybe even his insecurities, he was able to embolden and lead his people to eventually take the promised land. And you see, it's not because anything special about Joshua he wasn't this like intense military commander. He wasn't this amazing, amazing fighter. No, Joshua, he was able to do this because of the God who was by his side. Not because of anything God, uh, Joshua was able to do, but because of everything God was able to do. It's because of the all-powerful, supernatural, magnificent God who was going to guide Joshua through it all. It's like in Psalm 23, verse 4, where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Our shepherd, he's with us. He's with me. So it's like we could even stare death in the face and not feel fear. Why? Because of the God of the universe. He's right here. He's by our side. He's our shepherd. We lack nothing. Psalm 46, 11, it says, The Lord of hosts, he is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
David says, the Lord of hosts is with us, meaning the Lord of hosts, meaning the one who commands heaven's armies of angels. This is the God who is with us. We have nothing to fear. He's with us wherever we go. And listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. He says this, what, shall, what, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Like, really, though, think about it. Think about it. If the God of the universe who created heaven, earth, and everything inside of it, if this is the God who's right by our side, he's never going to leave us or forsake us, we have nothing to fear. Truly, this is why even with our deepest and darkest fears, we can face them. Friends, we can overcome them. We can endure. This is why we walk in confidence. It's why we can be courageous and stare fears in their faces. This is why we are freed from our crippling effects of fear that stop us from living our lives the way Christ intended. It's because of the God who was with us. And you know what my favorite part is? It's the fact that he never leaves us. He never leaves us. There's nothing that will send him off. And it's not like this. It's not like this. It's like, it's not like when you're spending time with loved ones, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, maybe grandchildren, where you're having this wonderful time, sweet fellowship, you're catching up, maybe you're praying with them. And you're having this amazing time, but you know that time has to come to an end. Why? Well, because they have to leave. But you see, God, he's not like that. He's not like that. He's always going to be there. You know, God never says, I'll be right back, or I'll see you soon, or I wish I could be there. Why? Because God is always there. He's always there. He promises in verse 5, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. And you see, in the same way that God is with Joshua, God is also with us. He's also with us. What about, he's with us, but what, what if we can't feel him? What if we can't see him? Like, we can't even touch him. How is he with us? How does he even help me? Well, he's with us as we see his grace and mercy unfold throughout our lives. And yes, he's not with us in the same way that he was with the disciples during his earthly ministry. But he's with us through the Holy Spirit who resides in our hearts. We have a more intimate relationship now. He's with us every moment of every second of every day, morning, afternoon, and at night. We'll never be alone. But also the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the grave is also in us, helping us to see his goodness and grace, helping us to be more like Jesus, to be sanctified. But also, in addition to that, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave is also empowering us to have courage, to have strength. And when we're in frightening situations, he's empowering us to not be dismayed. This is why we find strength when we are put in difficult situations. This is why we find strength when we feel like we won't cut it as students. This is why we find strength and courage to be direct and ask out that pretty girl that you wanted to ask out. This is why we can trust God during the surgery 
or doing chemotherapy or, or when our bodies were not once like they were in the past. This is why we are not dismayed when our finances aren't in check. This is why we're not frightened when our kids finally move out. See, there are two things that we must remember if we want to face our fear the way God intended. When facing fear, point one, God commands us to be strong and courageous. The Lord commands us to face our fears with strength and courage. Point two, when facing fear, God comes with us wherever we go. Wherever we go, he's with us. So what? So what, like, what, what do we even do with that? Well, here are three encouragements for us to face our fears. Three ways for us to apply this text in our lives. And the first one is this. Trust God with your fears. Trust God with your fears. Trust him with whatever you're fearing. Tell him in prayer the things that you are afraid of. Pray about it. Better yet, pray about it with a friend, with someone who you trust, who you know will also be praying for you as well. And better yet, if you're able, when you're able, go out and face it. Face your fears. In faith, face your fears knowing that the Lord is with you. In the same way that he was with Joshua, he's also with you as well. Trust God with your fears. So maybe for some of us today, it's sharing the gospel. It's sharing the gospel. Maybe for you, it's getting baptized. Maybe it's actually getting connected in our church and going to that Bible study, going to the youth group, young adults, hope group, men's, women's, small groups, getting connected. Maybe it's actually going to the doctor and getting that diagnosis that you were so afraid of. Trust God with your fear. Trust God with your fear. The question is, what about afterwards? What about if you do trust God with your fear, but everything goes wrong? What if now, because you trusted God with your fear, now you're living through your worst fears? What if you have no control over your worst fears and now you're just waiting on the Lord? But you see, this is why this next point is so crucial. We have to get this. And it's this, trust God with your outcomes. Trust God with your outcome. You know, sometimes all you have to do, maybe for some of us, all we have to do is just take the next step of faith and just do it. And just realize it wasn't even that bad. And in our heads, we were just overthinking, but it wasn't even that bad. But I know for some of us, maybe it was actually terrible. It was a difficult time, but now you're rejoicing because now your, your leap of faith brought you to experience God's goodness and grace. Maybe you finally got that raise that your boss, that you asked your boss about. Or, or maybe you're finally transparent in small group. And goodness, it's so good to be ministered to by your brothers and sisters when you're open and honest. And now you're so grateful. You're so grateful that with God's help, you were able to face your fear. It's like David when he fought Goliath and won, or, or even Daniel in the lion's den, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. Trust God with your outcome. Because for some of us, all we have to do is just take that next step of faith. Victory just on the other side is so close, so close. 
But what if we get burned in the process? What if, yes, by faith, you trust God with your outcome, but you get burned in the process? Like Joseph, when he fled from Potiphar's wife. And as a result, he was thrown in jail. Or the Apostle Paul changed his whole life for the gospel. He was beaten, but also thrown in jail. We were just even thinking of the Christian martyrs, missionaries, who by faith just, just spread God's gospel. And their lives were taken away. You know, I was asking myself this question as well. You know, as I was studying all week, just wrestling with this question, I, for myself, I understand the theology. I know what Joshua was able to do with God by his side. But what about the people who are now living through their worst fears? Like, how do these people trust God with their outcome? On July 31st, there was a plane crashed, and it killed six Christian men on their way from BC to Alberta. Two of them are dads. One of them was a dad-to-be. And you know, this could happen to anyone. And if you're like me, this is one of your worst fears. And I toss and turn and I worry about, what if this were happened to my family? Like, what if something happened to Noah or, or to Sydney? Would I be able to trust God with this outcome? Would I be able to face my, my greatest fear with, with, with strength and with courage? How would I even do that? And for some of us today, we are actually living through some of your worst fears. You've been burned because you've trusted God with your fear. What do we do then? Well, we look to God's word. And according to David, through most of the Psalms, we see that that's where we lament to the Lord. We, we, we just cry out. We wrestle with God in prayer and ask him, God, why would you allow this into our, my life? Why would you allow me to face my worst fears? God, you know. But there must be a time when all of that anxiety, it turns to assurance, when that, that worry that turns to worship when you get that perspective and you just praise God, you praise him, you worship him, truly in your heart, you worship him. And not because of your circumstance, not because of what is happening to you, but because of who God is and what he did on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. That's why, that's why we worship him. And because of that, we know who he says he is. We, we are able to submit to his perfect plan, even if it's difficult. We worship him. I love, I love how the song, Blessed Assurance, puts it. I love it. Just listen to these lyrics. In verse three, this is what it says. It says, perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. And you see, it's this idea that because you trust Jesus, because we trust Jesus with everything, 
we believe who he says he is, and we're able to trust him in any circumstance. We're able to trust God with our outcome. I know a guy, actually. I know a guy who pleaded with God to change his situation, to, to change his outcome. He was distressed. He was grieving. He, he was sorrowful. He knew that he had pain very soon. So he cried out to God. He cried out to God and begged God. He pleaded with God to change his situation, to change his circumstance. But you see, at the end of his prayer, in submission, Jesus, he goes in the garden. He goes, not as I will, but as you will. And that same Jesus who trusted the Father with his outcome is also with us, helping us to trust him as well, with us wherever we go. Trust God with your fear. Not only that, trust God with your outcome. And lastly, and most importantly, so crucial, most importantly, because all of these things that we've been talking about this whole time, it means nothing if we don't do this very last thing. Point three. Some of you guys have already done it. And it's this, point three. Trust God with your soul. Trust God with your soul. Trust him with your whole self, your whole life. Trust God as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't already, invite him into your heart. Turn away from your life of sin and turn to God. Because listen, there's a very scary thing that we should be fearing if we have not trusted God with our soul. And you see, that is an eternity apart from his grace and apart from his mercy. But the thing is, friends, we don't have to fear. There's no reason for us to be fearing Yes, there is sin in our lives, and yes, it separates us from God. But all we have to do, all we have to do, friends, is trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Turn away from your fears. He gave us the chance to experience freedom from sin if we just invite him into our lives. And for you, maybe, you haven't trusted God with your soul, but you're struggling with fear in your life. And friend, let me, just, let me just tell you, stop struggling alone. Stop struggling alone. Maybe some of us, we are in the driver's seat with Jesus in the back. Let's switch places with him. Let's give Jesus control. Trust God with your soul. He gives you the ability to face them, to face your fears. But let me just say, God, he doesn't, he doesn't take away our fears. If we trust God uh, with our soul, he doesn't take away our fears. But no, he, he empowers us with the power of his spirit to actually face them with strength, but also with courage. He is the good shepherd who wants to guide you through the fears in your life. Trust God with your soul. And friends, if you want to take that step after the service, myself, my wife, and a couple of other people would be so glad to be able to pray with you today. Trust God with your fear. Trust God with your outcome. And trust God with your soul. And I'm praying that the Lord would empower us, Hope Niagara, to be a church that when we face fear, we'd be strong and courageous. Maybe so. Let's pray. Let's pray.